0: Welcome, one and all, to this uh, fourth and last episode of our Euroculture Visions podcast project. Today, we are going to look at life after Euroculture, at job opportunities and career options. And uh, we have guest speakers today. Our first one is uh, Shanti Colavini. Uh, Welcome to her. And thank you for coming on the show. And with that, I hand over to Rob, who is going to ask the first question.
1: Yes, Shanti. hi. Thank you very much for being with us today on our podcast. Uh, First off, would you like to introduce yourself a little?
2: Yes, sure. Well, first of all, thank you very much, guys, for inviting me to this session. It's very interesting for me to be part of your podcast. of your project here, and it's a pleasure to to be here uh, today with you all. Um, my name uh, is Ashanti Collavini, and I am uh, 26 years old. I am currently uh, working um, as the Euroculture coordinator at the University of Udine, uh, and I was I am also an alumnus of Euroculture. Um, I joined the cohort 17, 2017, 2019. Uh, so I finished my studies with Euroculture two years ago, and um, I've been the coordinator uh, of Euroculture in Udine since two years.
1: All right, yeah. Um, How how did you experience Euroculture for yourself?
2: Well, uh, Euroculture for me, it was a a great, great experience. and uh, well, there are many, many things that I could say about uh, being a student with Euroculture because, um, well, my experiences, of course, are uh, directly related to uh, the countries in which I was lucky enough to be selected for my study. And Mm -hmm. in particular, I was studying uh, the first semester in Udine, and then I I moved uh, to Groningen, to the Netherlands for the second semester. Um, And then I I moved for the third semester research track in Mexico, and then I went back to Groningen for the last semester. So of course, my experiences are very tied to those countries and uh, it was a, a well and now that i'm working for the program it is definitely like a, it's very different because it is it, i can really feel what it what Euroculture is like um uh, on the on backstage so it's a um, it's a different experience and i kind of like the fact that i experienced it as a student and also now as a as a staff as a part of the staff and um, so, I get to see uh, I, and I get to experience both sides of the program, which is very, very interesting.
1: Yeah, a little peek uh, behind the curtain, so to say. Yeah. Uh, very nice. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, you, as a student from the 2017 2019 uh, cohort, uh, had the fortunate experience to, go, to be able to go to, for example, Mexico, and uh, as well as the intensive program, which is something our years uh, sadly could not do due to the pandemic. Um, could you talk us through a little bit your experiences with uh, the IP, uh, the physical IP, and specifically the job fair?
2: Sure. Yes. Yeah, so, well, actually, my IP took place in Krakow. Um, so uh, it was my first time that I was uh, in Poland, and it was uh, <laughs> it was a great experience to be there and experience um, the whole uh, in-person IP, which I know that unfortunately uh, your cohort. Um, could not do. Uh, But uh, the job fair, I remember, I have a few memories from the job fair, and uh, I remember that it took place um, during the uh, last days uh, of the IP. Uh, And um, well, I remember that during the uh, job fair, we had several options. So students had several options to attend different seminars, according to the topics and um, according to the different topics that they they were being discussed. So for instance, I remember that I decided to choose to go to the session in which um, PhD and research was being uh, um, discussed as an option for students. So I remember that I joined that session And during that session, uh, I remember that um, Ilaria Zamburlini, uh, who who is also currently uh, a teacher of Euroculture in Udine, and was also the previous coordinator of Euroculture in Udine. And she was was basically telling us about her experience of a PhD uh, student at the University of Trieste, where she pursued her PhD career. And I was very interested in being there because uh, research was something that I was really passionate about. And in fact, that is also why I decided to, to attend the research track in Mexico. And it was very nice to hear uh, her, her experience and what, how she was uh, experiences the whole um, research uh, and her whole PhD. So. That's my my main memory that I have from the the uh, the career the job fair in, during the IP.
1: Yeah, must be interesting to see uh, all the students together as well. you know in a way, you can interact with each other and go about different jobs. Uh, you said you did the research track, uh, obviously in Mexico. And what was your main focus there?
2: Um, my main focus was um, well, um, it was. Uh, Well, basically what I was doing in Mexico was attending several courses that were being offered to Euroculture students, so I was attending um, as if during any normal Euroculture semester, so I was basically following the courses and uh, after the semester. Or after the courses were done, I attended exams. And uh, besides that, I was also conducting independent research on my master's thesis topic, uh, which I also slightly changed uh, during the fourth semester. But I remember when I was there, I was researching about um, the phenomenon of femicide in Mexico. Yes, that was my topic, uh, which I then developed for my master thesis. Um, so I was basically uh, interviewing, also doing qualitative interviews with um, Mexicans, with uh, activists, with researchers, um, with professors regarding the topic of femicide, which is a very, it's, it's a very sensitive topic in Mexico and in whole Latin America. Yes.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Wow. All right. Uh, then you went on to your fourth semester. You said you slightly changed thesis, but luckily you all went through, you graduated <laughs> yeah. and now uh, you've got yourself a job as a coordinator. How did you go about finding this job?
2: Okay, that's an interesting question because um, Uh, during, of course, during my last semester with Euroculture, uh, I was also very, well, I was a bit stressed about (laughs) which uh, options I could take after my studies, right? So as everyone would be, I think. Mm -hmm. So... uh, I remember that while writing my thesis and while write, while finalizing my thesis, I was also looking around at several opportunities. I remember that I submitted many times my CV. I applied, for instance, for um, the traineeship at the European Parliament and other organizations in Brussels. But I was not really sure about what I would do next. Um, so my uh, in the end, uh, towards uh, the end of the summer, two thousand and eighteen, I received. Uh, uh, it was a little bit of a matter of luck, I would say. Um, I received uh, this call from my um, supervisor, uh, from my thesis supervisor, Ilaria Zamburlini, also previously the EuroCulture Coordinator. And uh, since she decided to leave her job, her role and um, she decided uh, well she asked me whether i would like to take on her role so <laughs> after giving it some thought uh, i accepted with a lot of pleasure and uh, i became the Euroculture coordinator in udine and at the same time i also decided to continue my studies and pursue a master's degree uh, here in italy at the university of trieste which is a city close to udine
1: yeah quite busy i want to say that uh, you felt sufficiently prepared uh when trying to find a job after you graduated or nearly graduated?
2: Uh, well, I would say definitely so. Um, I was feeling very much prepared. Uh, the thing is that during that time, um, I I I didn't have a clear idea on what I would do next. So, uh, but that's my personal experience, of course, and. Um, uh, uh so it, it, it should it should something that maybe some, it could be possible that someone can relate to what i'm saying but also not so just take it as uh, something that is very personal to me so i mm-hmm. felt very much prepared but at the same time i wasn't very sure about what to do next so i was like looking for several opportunities but without being sure of what i would do next but in the end um uh, w- my role with you as a euroculture coordinator was perfect because um of course i knew the program very much uh, from a student perspective so uh, I already knew a lot of things about a program about for instance the IP about uh, being an international student abroad so that definitely made it easier for me to uh, to take part uh, and to um, perform my role as a coordinator at the same time I learned also a lot of new things that I would not even expect as a student um, that I wasn't aware as a student um, as someone working for the program from outside or from inside as a someone belonging to the staff of the program, if, if that makes sense.
0: And what was the biggest eye-opener for you in terms of switching to the other side? <laughs> uh,
2: um, well, um, well, for instance, there are many things I would say. First of all, the relationship with students. Uh, which uh, I had to put a little bit aside uh, my experience as a student, because, of course, I had to um, uh, develop relationship with students, but I was feeling a little bit that I was, especially at the beginning, I was still a, a little bit of a student, so I had to put aside this role of a student of alumnus and neuroculture and um, and try to uh, <laughs> to to be, you know, to uh, to feel a little bit more detached and and um, collaborate and assist students. So. That is one side. Another side is collaborating with all university offices, uh, which was also something new, and try to mediate between uh, university offices, students, and even professors. So um, I would say my, my role is very interesting because I get to deal with so many, so many people, students, professors, and university offices. I had to learn the bureaucracy, Italian bureaucracy, when it comes to mobility, when it comes to assisting students, when it comes to uh, visas, permit of stay for instance, uh, that was something that I've never dealt with when I was a student because being a European st- Union student, I never had to uh, for example, request uh, a permit of stay or even a visa. Uh, so <laughs> there were many things that I, uh, there are many things that I've been learning uh, since when I started. I think yes.
0: many euroculture students do uh, from outside the EU do um, experience the whole visa process and moving between different countries a little bit trying because these visas are usually just valid for one year and then have to get it in a different country Sure. Um, are you at all talking about actually going to the EU itself and and, um, asking for there to be a coordination of this yeah since I mean this is an Erasmus Mundus program there are many other Erasmus Mundus programs uh, so that the EU actually um, coordinates this with the member states yeah i mean it's naturally within the member state remit but you know i i feel that that there are many glitches in in this system
2: yes uh, yes sure definitely um the thing about a student applying for a visa and me assisting them is also um, a matter of collaborating also with diplomatic uh, bodies, for instance, so being in contact with, being in touch with consulates, being in touch with embassies, uh, but those are especially related to uh, embassies and consulates that, are of course, belonging to uh, the Italian state. So um, I don't really feel like there is um, um, a procedure that is common to the whole member state of the European Union. And this is something that depends and highly relies also on the single state that is going to issue the visa. Uh, So that's my feeling. And um, yes.
0: Thank you very much. (laughs) Roland, (laughs) you you had a question.
3: Yes, Uh, thank you. Um, Especially right now, it's all um all our studies and and working have been uh, done from home lately right now with the corona pandemic do you perceive any lasting consequences of corona for for well as well as students as well as as professionals working people um or at least do you perceive some like will there be more digitalized workspaces more working from home um do you think this this as soon as it would possible things would revert back to normal or do you think like there might actually be some say in having for example uh days of working from home for example how do you perceive this
2: Mm. Uh, thank you yeah that's uh, another interesting question well uh, the pandemic uh, had of course an impact on everyone here both at university uh, within the university staff and also for students of course and now the perception in italy currently is a little bit getting to a more positive um, direction because the luckily enough the vaccination campaign is it seems like it's improving the general situation in Italy. So our expectation and our hope is that uh, from September, so from the new cohort and the new academic year, things will slightly go back to normal. And I've already seen that during this uh, current semester, with our students, we started online, and then we we gradually uh, switched to in on campus activities. So I can also see the happiness of students in that because students were very very happy to be at the university to meet the professor in person. Um, so we are really hoping that for the new academic year, things will. Uh, Definitely get even more better and will go back to normal. Uh, this is our expectation. But of course, last year it was a pretty tough year, also in terms of uh, organizing the didactic activities online. And also for students, you can just imagine, you experience that yourselves, I think, right? So students coming to Udine or coming to a foreign country and uh, and being uh, basically in lockdown for the whole semester, I think this had a, a very heavy impact on on, uh, on their psyche as well as on our psyche. And, and it was very hard to manage that because of course, uh, this was also psychologically heavy. Uh, because I think one of the most beautiful things about Euroculture is that you experience also the social life with other students, our other foreign students. And of course, we missed a little bit of that last year. But this year, I can definitely Mm. see that uh, we have an improvement and we're improving more and more.
4: Yeah, yeah,
3: it's definitely uh, as things are slowly opening up and uh, that that, that now we see that, yeah, things are becoming, well, so to say, normal between brackets again. as a, as a last question, as a final question, do you have any advice for us as students uh, in regard to our job opportunities and potential careers? What would you say is a key thing for us to, to take into mind?
2: Um, okay, that's uh, another interesting question. Well, I would say um, uh, one of the things um, is trying to uh, accommodate what is your interest, what you feel is best for you, and of course, this is very personal because it, there is no uh, perfect job, there is no perfect role after your studies. Uh, I think uh, we, we we all need to to work a little bit hard before we get. To where we want to be, but um, I think it's very what would, it would be good for everyone is to accommodate your personal interest. And if you have the feeling that, for instance, research is what you want to pursue, uh, then go for it and. Um, apply for a PhD. If you have the feeling that uh, uh, working in Brussels is your goal, uh, even if a short-term goal, then go for it. And uh, don't stress, also don't stress too much because opportunities will come. Uh, you will see that. Um, so, because I found that EuroCulture students are particularly smart and uh, I am sure that every one of you will be able to get, um, to your, uh, to, to your job that, that you would like to do. Uh, so also, as a suggestion, I would say, uh, while writing your thesis or after having submitted your thesis, uh, take some time to go through uh, different applications. Um, for instance, I always publish also some internship applications on our Facebook group. So if you're interested in any of that, uh, just do a search and see what uh, what would be your perfect fit or your perfect match. Um, also update your CV, uh, try to build up a little bit your professional network also on social media, such as on LinkedIn. Um, take some time uh, during the day to uh, write cover letters or motivation letters, uh, but also try not to stress so much because uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an important step, um, this of finishing your studies and moving to something else new and exciting. So also try to embrace this period without uh, not being too stressed Um, and you will see that everything in in the end is going to be all right. So that's my main suggestion.
3: Thank you very much. Now give the floor to Andre to close the session.
0: Thank you very much um, Ashanti for that uh, very positive note on which you ended um, that Gave us good vibes and <laughs> i wish you uh, a lot of success and strength and courage and uh, motivation for um, this important job you're doing thank, thank
2: you thank you so much thank you so much guys it was a pleasure to be here with you and to reply to your questions thank you, thank
0: you. welcome bye 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 And now we welcome our second guest for this show, Richard Blair's, a former a exactly very welcome former Euroculture student and now graduate from uh, France. Richard, uh, which universities did you go at the two at the time? Uh, I can't remember.
4: Um, well, I had uh, the chance to go to the best university of the whole Euroculture program, which is, of course, Uh if you disagree with that, that opinion is not valid. And I spent my second semester in Groningen. Uh, um, it was two very different universities, and I really enjoyed my time in both, both experiences, were very different.
0: Cool. Did, did you do the research track or the um, professional track at the time? Internship,
4: I I did the professional track, and I don't know if I was lucky or not, but I managed to find an internship which took me to Canada. Uh, But not a very fancy area like uh, Montreal or Toronto. I've just been to the city of Edmonton, uh, (laughs) which is a sort of um, Texas, but by minus 20, I had everything. cover hats, pickup trucks. Um, The name of the team is called The Oilers because they have a huge oil industry. Nevertheless, it was very interesting. I did it at the local
0: Alliance Francaise. Oh, wow. Very interesting. And you've been uh, continuing doing internships since you've graduated. Um, Could you talk a little bit about that?
4: Yes. Um, That's one of the realities when it comes to um, this field of work. You have a lot of people who will do one internship and do another internship and do another internship. Sometimes you're lucky enough and you get hired on your first one. I know someone who did that from your um, uh, cohort. Uh, but some people, uh, they, you have to multiply experiences. Uh, so this is what I did um, since my graduation. I first started at the European Association for the Storage of Energy. Uh, which, uh, like its name indicates, is a lobby, of course, you yeah, have many of us in Brussels. Um, something environment related, which was not really my field, but it was a very interesting experience where I gained a lot of uh, underground experience with uh, the Brussels environment. And now I'm currently doing uh, another internship on something completely different at uh, the Ellery Foundation, uh, which is related to the second world war it is a um, foundation which has a lot of projects uh, namely what the biggest one is called the liberation route to europe which is a um, cultural trail um, between the um, europe between european uh, countries related to the second world war and the liberation um, well, of the liberation so it starts like from london and goes away to berlin uh, it started as a project in netherlands and now it's a pan-european thing And then after that, I've been accepted to an internship in EU institution, but uh, uh, we'll see how it goes in the um, uh, coming month. But after this internship, the fourth one, actually, I really hope to find a job because I will have uh, two-year experience, and that's, um, I guess, solid enough for the market.
0: Yes, because a lot of these um, adverts we see online, they do ask for like two years experience. So uh, you'll be able to tick that box. And uh, yeah. so um, basically what you're also trying to tell our listeners uh, that is that you, you have to hang in there and you have to be prepared to, to, to do several internships um, to increase your value on the job market. If that's yeah the,
4: yeah, ab- yeah absolutely absolutely yes, and if you want it's also a bit like the technique of the um, door salesman you need to put your foot in, uh, in the middle of the door so they can close it again and you just see that it bear results after one or two experiences uh like trust me uh for i was applying for years for the eu institution always getting rejection and um there's a bit of chance of course but having all this experience in um you know, Brussels is definitely a uh, very strong argument. That's why now I'm finally uh, having acceptance letters, which is something uh, I've been craving for years.
0: Yes, I, 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 I also got the impression, and congratulations by the way, I got the impression um, that you are very positive in the way you go at these internships. They might be very different from what you originally perhaps intended, but you just throw yourself in there and you say, I'm gonna take the best away from this. That's the impression I got.
4: Yeah. Oh, it's, it's also how you need to sell yourself, you know, like um, you're gonna do in an internship, like um, how we say in English, and grateful task you know, like tasks which you think, uh just uh, meaningless like for example taking the minutes of a meeting but you have to make the best out of it you need to learn how you can sell yourself using uh, these stacks so you need to have a bit of uh, positivity you need to think about what can i take from this internship especially if you don't have any job from it you need to be able to sell that experience so yes i guess you need a bit of positivity because of why is <laughs> what is the point you know yeah. uh, but it's always like a, you know a move forward and uh, you always gain experience, you always get uh, better, you always get like a more solid profile. So there is in no way like doing an internship is gonna uh, reduce your value on the job market. It's the opposite.
0: Yeah. Well, that's um, certainly something positive uh, people can take away from this. Uh, Roland, uh, do you want to come in and ask uh, Richard a question as well?
3: Yeah, sure. Thank you for giving the platform to me, André. Um, Richard, uh very nice to talk with you and i've been listening as well it's very good to hear your answers regarding finding internships thus far um uh, to pull it a bit to present day and talk about maybe corona a bit um how do you feel has this pandemic affected you uh, looking for internships and also as you're do, currently doing an internship
4: oh, uh, um I guess you guys might have heard that uh, for years we are now working remotely. <laughs> I guess this is the biggest impact of Corona, uh, but nevertheless, it also impacted the job market. Uh, some companies were looking for less people to hire, etc. But the activity still exists. Companies are still growing. Uh, partnerships still exist. Uh, jobs are still created. So it, it affected in a way, but I guess at some point you know there is a. This buzzword resilience, which you can find in every uh, <laughs> everywhere into any EU proposal, but this for resilience is still uh, something very strong. You know, you companies still uh, keep com- uh, keep going, and so you always have like um, job possibilities. It's just like a new way of working, which is has been, which started to be implemented. People started to do a teleworking more and more uh, frequently. I'm sure, like around you, you know, some people were working in companies. And like started to remote uh, work remotely, but it just like accelerated this trend tremendously. Um, I guess that's the biggest impact of um, COVID on job market. Apart from that, uh, I guess things are still going, and as the situation seems to improve, seem to improve. Thank God. Uh, perhaps there's going to be a return to normalcy, at least in the number of job offers.
0: Yeah. So in a way, I, we could say. I mean, your cohort, last year's cohort, you. You, you had an added disadvantage of coming out of the program straight into the second wave of um, yeah. corona. Yeah,
4: yeah absolutely, André. That's a very good remark. Yes, it was odd. I knew a lot of people. Like, um, let me give you a concrete example. I think for the Olomouz uh, cohort, we were about eight people. And I think I was the only one to find a job already in September. I mean, apart from those who decided to do um, a PhD, which was be like half of the groups of four people, but three other people, they couldn't find anything and they had to wait like a few more months. And I did, I guess I just got lucky. Uh, so yeah, yeah, definitely it impacted a lot, but everybody has been impacted by uh, COVID, you know? Everybody suffered a bit from that. For you, it was like a the Euroculture experience, which has not been as good as it was supposed to be, you know, traveling from a country to
0: the other. So, Do you think that has actually made um, these two first two COVID cohorts, um, yours and ours, uh, actually more resilient, that it's actually going to be an added value in the long term?
4: Who knows? Who knows? Because on the end, you know, um, work is still very much like uh, being accepted to a job is very much also like how people are going to remember you as an intern. Perhaps they're going to think like, yeah, you do uh, fantastic work, but it's also like being remembered, being present. And working remotely is definitely something that doesn't really help for that. Um, Because, you know, it's often like um, going for a drink after work. Um, It's a good way to be remembered. It's uh, like catching up with uh, some of your colleagues.
0: It's also like uh, making yourself more with Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
4: absolutely. Unfortunately, uh, COVID has been very damageable for that. And um, some people are, I guess, better at others at um, key and uh, they still manage to find a job. But remote uh, working is, um, is kind of making this thing a bit
0: harder. If you had to give a message to the next cohorts about you know, coming out of the program, looking for jobs, um, how would you put that in a nutshell, the advice you would give those people?
4: Uh, be prepared to send a lot of letters be prepared to take a lot of rejection or not even any answer and it's perfectly normal you know like it's what the job market is you need to keep going keep striving and at some point you're going to find something um don't
0: desperate that's what i would say just um keep going Thank you. I think uh, that's a message we all need to hear. Well, that's all we have time for. Thanks so much for coming on to the show. Uh, thanks to Roland for co-hosting. Rob will be cutting everything together, and he also we also owe him the debt for creating the Guitar Interludes. There was the last of our um, podcasts, and um, we would like to thank our listeners once again for um, keeping... With us and um, supporting our program. Uh, Goodbye to everyone and warmest best wishes.